Hey, everybody, we are back after uh, taking a week off from the Stock Doctor's Prescription. We have to get things started with Justin's, one of Justin's favorite songs. One of my all-time favorite songs. Well, you never really think of the guitar player for Billy Idol as being a tremendous player, but Steve Stevens Steve is... Steve Stevens has been a monster since the beginning. He's a tremendous player. Right. You don't think about that. There's so many other guys out there, but he's really a great player. He's a gunslinger. Also in the house are Megalineal, Miss Nikki Ward. Nick, how are you doing this afternoon? Fantastic. Happy to be back. And I was also just a little bit daydreaming about Billy Idol's abs because he still has them. He is rocking them at what sixty something. You know what? He's know, still in is, really good shape. He freaky. looks damn good for his age. Yeah, well, I, think well I mean, I can't say anything about how good he looks or anything. I don't think he's a good-looking guy or anything, but he's good. He's got. He does have decent abs. He's yoked up, man, a little bit. Maybe he's doing my thing Pilates like I am because it kind of looks similar. I, you know, there's no <laughs> way he's not constantly like with yeah. a trainer I, at this age. This, this guy is almost crazy. died in a motorcycle accident. Yeah. Or car wreck or something? I think it was motorcycle. Yeah. He should be doing Pilates then, it sounds like. He really yoga. should. Uh, anyway, thanks for joining us again. This is a Stock Doctor's Prescription. Let's uh, give you an idea of when we're recording this because it is being released on Monday, November 28th. However, because of the holiday, and it is Thanksgiving this week, we are recording it the day before Thanksgiving, which is Wednesday, November 23rd, and it's 3.45 p.m., so the market is still open. We'll discuss that. Uh, how the market is doing today. We'll discuss how the market has done over the last week. We'll discuss really how the market's done over the last month because it's been quite impressive. Yeah, and so, stay tuned for the year-end show coming up pretty soon too. Yep, yep. And we have uh, a lot to go over uh, today. We're going to talk about fixed income. We'll talk about the Fed. Talk about, uh, in general, what things we are doing to try and protect portfolios and at least take out some of the volatility. So let's get started with, uh, you know, let's go with today's action so far. Again, this is Wednesday November 23rd, being released, however, on Monday, November 28th. So uh, with 15 minutes left in the Wednesday's session, which, by the way, Friday, the day after Thanksgiving, will be an abbreviated session. Yep. The market will close at 1 p.m. Eastern time. The Dow Jones is up 71 points at 34,169. The S&P 500 up 19 at 4,022. The NASDAQ is up 96 at 11,271. You know what we're seeing here? What? Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, uh, what we have seen here, which is quite, quite impressive over the last month and a week or so, because the market hit that almost a it wasn't a climactic sell off. It yeah. wasn't super capitulation day. But on October 13th, the market was looking pretty ugly. I want to okay. say, like, honestly, a f it feels it feels to me like a few days ago, the Dow was at thirty one thousand and we're touching thirty four right now. Right. I mean, there's. Yeah. That's that's a that's a 10% move. Well, in last calendar week, the Dow was flat. It was up slightly. The S&P was down slightly. We're talking literally less than 1%. Mm -hmm. uh, the NASDAQ was down about 1%. The Russell was down more. But year to date, we have had quite a bit of the rebound. I mean, we've had a, a decent rebound here where yeah. the Dow Jones, this is before this week, which we're up this week. The Dow Jones is only down 5.5% on the year, year to date. The S&P now, before this week, which we are probably up a little bit, yeah. uh, down 15.5% year-to-date. The NASDAQ still is most of the carnage, about 28%, and the Russell about 16%. We're crawling back from the depths of it, but people don't seem to uh, be sharing the optimism. Well, that's okay. Yeah. I'm okay with the that lack uh, the, of optimism. Right. The public's opinion on, on things, yeah. I, I mean, it, of course it's important. We need to know what sentiment looks like, but you know, I feel like it's always 
lagging. It's always, yes. you know what I mean? And like it's still we'll, negative, Nick, we'll, too. We'll have, oh, a, yeah. we'll have a great day, and people will be complaining about how the bad the market is. The in my shoe. Right. Well, look, the month of October, and we, you know, it's not just something we haven't been saying, and nobody can predict anything. I'm not saying this was a prediction, and we got it right. We we just know how things kind of work, and oftentimes, you had midterm elections coming and going. You had um, October, typically a bottoming month, and ended up October being the best month for the Dow since 1976. Yeah. Up 14% in a month. The thing that differentiates us is that we've been through some business cycles. So we know that this is part of the price of admission. Yeah, that's that's the truth. <laughs> yep. So, um, you know, we had a really good month. Uh, we've had a decent month so far in November. Let's see what happens going forward. Rates have, have eased back just a little bit. Mm-hmm. We're starting to see that. And that certainly, when rates ease back, it certainly helps the growth side of things, the technology and the semiconductors and so forth. Because interest rates are about expectations. And so the 10-year treasury is about the expectations 10 years down the road, especially for these growth companies, which are promising, you know, for if you invest a dollar today, we're promising you the growth of the earnings 10 years down the road. That's that's a great point. And this is why we have an inverted yield curve. Mm -hmm. So let's take your same scenario, Nikki, Mm -hmm. that the market is anticipating where rates will be in 10 years, hence the 10-year, but yet you look at the one-year, and it's at four and a half. Which is just showing you that it's not going to be an easy road to get there. You know, I think we're going to feel, it's going to be the no-fun league for, you know, a year or two. Well, but you could still make money in the no-fun league. Absolutely. You know, I think the big problem here is that even in the no-fun league, there's opportunity. You you Mm -hmm. just can't it's just not going to smack you in the face and everything has been smacking people in the face for the last few years and everybody felt that they were the guru that they were the absolute trader you know supreme my neighbor's cousin's nephew is a genius exactly everybody everybody's nephew is a genius as a matter of fact they were thinking about letting him manage their retirement oh yeah i wonder how that worked out we've seen some of that right And, and but there's no there's no surprise that the dow which is mostly compiled of value type mm-hmm. stocks mm-hmm. has done the best because particularly in a high inflationary environment companies that have tangible fixed assets which are more likely to be your value companies tend to do better than your growth companies but i, I, I and i don't mean to cut you off i yeah. just i just want to point out the fact that the dow really isn't indicative or, or isn't representative of the rest of the market no it's no. not I mean, it's not at all and it's weighted no. really screwy right too. right so people talking about oh the dow is this or the dow is let that. me tell you the relevant here's, yeah. a, here's the main reason why the dow is outperforming the s&p because seven percent of the s&p is apple right mm-hmm. and then you go down to microsoft and yeah. google and amazon now all of a sudden you have 20 percent of the s&p or more right and 20 percent of the s&p 500 is five companies and, and in the dow jones apple represents a very small part tiny and energy, which has been the high-flying sector of the year, is only 5% of the S&P 500, less than Apple. Less than Apple. Right. See, and that's where it appears, even though money has been made in energy in 2022, a lot of the folks, and, and we've seen a lot of the experts out there saying they still do believe in energy going forward. In fact, they believe in commodities still going forward. I think we should consider doing the Stock Doctor uh, 101 class where you just explain weightings. I, I, you know, I feel like, People have no concept of how this works whatsoever. 
You know, and yeah. I'm, I'm, I get tired of people talking. I, I don't want to sound elitist or sound like a jerk, but there are just so many points that come up constantly from people that aren't very savvy when it comes to the market. And I really have to then explain how things work before I can, you know, kind of rein people in. Well, and I'd like for you to do that instead. It's interesting <laughs> because if there's there are let's say you went out and bought the S&P 500, you know, those are weighted by the size of the companies. Mm-hmm. Right. And Apple, the biggest company in the biggest world, market in the world. Right. Yet you can buy funds that will equally weight those 500 stocks. Mm-hmm. And those have significantly outperformed the weighted, the mm-hmm. truly weighted S&P 500. Yeah, because then you're bouncing out just, you know, the heavy hitters from just dominating everything. So I'm looking at a, a one-year treasury. The yield on a one-year treasury is 479. It's crazy. It's crazy. T-bills are sexy. So let me ask you this this question. And we we heard this question proposed, and I've thought about it quite a bit. What's it going to take on the one or two year? Well, like a one or two year treasury. The two year is at uh, four forty seven. So let's just say one or two year. Let's just split the difference and kind of make it easy at one, at four and a half. What is it going to take for you to tell clients we really don't need to be in the stock market right now? We can be all in something that's guaranteed and make you what is that number? Five percent is that number? Six percent is that number? It would never happen. You never not want to be in the stock market. So um, my question is, is he asking us our opinion or is he asking just is I'm asking hypothetical it's, sort of everybody ask yourself it's kind of uh, hypothetical. OK. And it's not rhetorical because I do want an answer. Right. But it's hypothetical. So what would it be like? What would your what would it take? All right. Let's not you me, your clients, uh-huh. your what would it take your clients to say, hey, Justin, I've taken enough hits and, and the volatility. Why not do this? What would that number be? You know, I want to start this off by saying, especially, you know, the people that have been with me for a long time, I love you guys. <laughs> so I think the realistic... Uh, As answer, if anybody is listening, but okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, the answer here is, you know, that conversation would be follow, Well, would be immediately, you know, following the conversation where I explain how inflation works. <laughs> yeah. yeah that's, that's what it would be. And, and if they said, you know what, I don't care. I, I don't want any exposure to any volatility anymore, then we would consider that. But. Okay, but Nikki, the, yeah, that's a good point. He said inflation. However, the stock market hasn't beat inflation this year. Right. Correct. In fact, it, so sure. the what makes us think, and it, again, this now this one's kind of, again, hypothetical, not rhetorical. Mm-hmm. What makes us think the stock market will beat inflation next year? Right. Correct. I mean, I think in a perfect world answering this question, I don't think anybody's entire, I would never recommend someone take their entire portfolio out of equities and then move into treasuries. So for right. us, uh, and it would depend as well, you know, are they in their accumulation phase of their life or are they, you know, in the retirement and distribution phase of their life? It would also really depend. I would like to see inflation and the one and two year be at an equilibrium before I would suggest something that you know is at a fixed rate it's but i mean it is ridiculous in the sense that there is now an alternative alternative to equities with a risk-free rate of 4.7 percent i like the fact that she's amazed by this because she's She's never seen it well no no she's newer to the business than some of the others sitting at this table and we're absolutely astonished by it. what did we were at a a due diligence meeting last week didn't they say anybody's been in this business less than 20 years has never seen this is that what they're saying and they were 30 years i don't know it was 40 because it was about the understanding of the visceral effects of inflation on people's purchasing power and for the last 40 years visceral effects 
visceral. Oh, wow. For the last 40 years, none of us, is, uh, as far as advisors go, have had to deal with that. You know, in my five years, though, I've seen so many unprecedented events. I just can't wait for the next five. I was going to say, she's talking about it in the f- last 40 years. 40 years ago, she wasn't even... S- <laughs> I wasn't at the table. I wasn't even... She wasn't even swimming gleam with in her daddy daddy's eye. She wasn't even <laughs> swimming with daddy yet. Yeah, she was a gleam in his eye. Uh, all right, so, look, let's... Um, I'm going to use the F word again because I want to make sure everybody understands this F word. That kind of party. It's not, it's not the kind of uh, F word that Nikki you ah. use. It's fiduciary. My second favorite. Fiduciary. And this is what we are at our firm, Siler Wealth Management. We align the interests of our clients with what their objectives are and have full transparency. As well as really demonstrate what a risk tolerance means. Exactly. And we can actually pinpoint what your risk tolerance is. So we encourage you, if you are not a client of ours, please give us a call, 407-831-8002. If you are a client of ours and you want to discuss, maybe there's been uh, some, you know, we, we try to talk to our clients frequently, So, but maybe we missed something. Maybe there's something you said, hey, you know, there's a change going on. We're, we're thinking about uh, retiring. We're thinking about moving somewhere or buying another, another house somewhere else. Let us know because, you know, we need that information Absolutely. to continue with the plan. So um, we want to help you sleep at night. Like we discussed, is a seasonality certainly is playing to our favor. We know we've we've well documented the statistics that in a midterm uh, year, the market is up 100 percent of the time after the midterm, and 100 percent of the time year three of the presidential cycle. That would be between November and the rest of next year. The market, uh, based on past, which is no way indicative of future results. However, I will say this. The market's up 14.5% since the October 13th low. So, And we elected gridlock, which is something that the market likes because exactly. they know that there aren't going to be any major surprises from either side. You've heard from this program that it doesn't take an event to necessarily turn the markets around. and Because we get this all, what's it going to take? It doesn't have to right. take anything. Right. Keep in mind, it appears that almost all, barring something that's unforeseen, which... Yes, a uh, Russian nuclear bomb would, would qualify as one of those things. Taiwan. Taiwan would qualify, but it appears that all the bad news is kind of already out and just repeating itself over and over again. Right, yeah. and if we could just get one piece of, throw us a bone on any of the macro issues out there, that you know, could be something to quote-unquote re- turn market. Or- I remember like 2001 thinking exactly that like driving home from work thinking just somebody something <laughs> something just, just something throw me a line <laughs> yeah but you know what justin you and i talked about this with the younger guys in the office yesterday uh, it's it's this is really not bad not as ugly as i i've seen 2000 uh, to 2002 was chinese water torture oh, you know what 2008 and 9 were absolutely freaking exactly horrendous. you know what 2008 and 9 was like years of of abuse followed by finally getting a little bit of relief and then that relief was a cruel trick (laughs) it was a decade of absolute just shit show it really was yeah so this is not so bad and it it appears that you know there's been a lot of tax loss selling already and repositioning and i know the Mm -hmm. funds funds have a lot of cash and people have a lot of cash on the sidelines we've been doing our share of that as well and repositioning but you know, we're doing some repositioning and some interesting ideas. We don't have to go out there and pick a fund or necessarily a stock. I just am, am looking at the opportunity that if the market goes up next year, 
that's all well and good, but what if it doesn't? Right. And we're using some things that, I mean, there are some opportunities out there that will give our clients 30% downside protection. This one is insane to me. So 30% downside protection. Let's from say, zero. From zero. So let's say, meaning from, from wherever that when it starts let's trading. Let's talk in round numbers. Let's do, let's do the real thing. Let's, let's say let's it's 4,000 S&P. Okay. okay. The, the S&P, when we do this, this uh, investment, the S&P is at 4,000. Mm-hmm. So the S&P can go down to, that's 30% from there. It's 120 points. Yeah. Which on the S&P is absolutely significant. I'm sorry. 1,200 points. We're, yeah, we're not talking about points. the Dow. We're not talking about the right. Dow. We're, we're talking about the S&P. S&P. We're protecting the S&P so to 2,800. A 30% move on the S&P would be 1,200-point move. Yep. Now, on the Dow, that doesn't sound like that much. but That's on the S- a day. Yeah, the but. S&P is significant. So it protects you that amount. Yet, if the market goes up, up to 15%, you will capture that. If it goes up 30, you only get 15. That's yeah. the caveat. You're going to limit your upside a little bit, but it's it's the premium for, for the safety. Who's going to complain about making 15%? Right. Even if the market does 20, 25, right. nobody's going to complain. Nobody. I mean, honestly, if... if and if after, you do, I don't want you as a client. Right. That's the, that's the reality, is that if this is not good enough for you, and we're not talking about on your entire portfolio, we're talking about on the piece of your portfolio that warrants a product like this. I mean, I'm looking through the portfolios and, and client accounts and seeing some mutual funds that, okay, so I have market upside in mutual funds. Why don't I use market upside and protection at the same time? Right. Yeah. It, uh, it doesn't make sense. Not now, to tell me something, Lee. Just, just to yeah. talk about this, you know, in, there's no if, – if people are listening, we should be getting phone calls on something like this. Absolutely. Because – you have 30% downside protection with 15% upside protection in just over a year. Yeah, it's uh, 15 months on this one. 15 yeah. months, just over a year. Upside potential, 15% with 30% downside. If from that, zero. If, 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 if from 4,000, right. using our example. If, if that tickles your fancy, yeah. you should absolutely be calling us at 407-831-8002. All right, the Fed re- released their minutes from last month's meeting. Um, just kind of what... It's not what everybody expected, but people were leaning this way that at some point the Fed was going to switch to smaller interest rate hikes. They kind of thought, you know, December at first was going to be 75. Then we started hearing the talk at 50 basis points. So um, according to the minutes from November uh, released on Wednesday that they some Fed officials express. Now, this is the first time I've heard this express concern over the impact rate increases could have on the financial stability and the economy. They hadn't been saying that. Too fast, too quick. Maybe they were listening Kathy Wood. I don't know. Yeah, she also thinks that uh, Bitcoin's going to a million. Yeah, I mean, I I, th- I hope she's that. reconsidered that. But, but, I mean, you can't just you shove can't these just interest rate hikes down the throat of our economy and expect that there's not going to be any repercussions. I mean, we're looking at going from 0% on the Fed funds rate in March of 2021 to 5 to 5 and a quarter by March of 2023. We haven't seen any of the consequences of those moves. We've seen bits and pieces as it's worked its way through the broad economy. But I mean, I think in the grand scale of things, though, the the thing that we're fearful of as you know, as advisors is exactly what they're trying to accomplish, though. I mean, they want to to basically cool things off. They and we're, we're afraid destruction, of destruction. Yeah. Uh, a Fed-generated recession. It's, it's, it's like those controlled burns we we smell in Central Florida. They gotta they gotta burn it down a little bit. And you gotta think that you know m- monetary policy that is tight enough to slow down supply and demand is slow enough to cause a recession. Yeah. 
Well, the uh, now it is about an 81% chance the Fed will raise 50 basis points in the December meeting, which is middle of the month. There's a 70% chance the Fed will raise 50 basis points in the February meeting. They take a month off in January. And then a 51% chance the Fed will raise rates 25 basis points in March. Now, this is all going to be data dependent. Mm -hmm. If the CPI and PPI start all of a sudden really decelerating, we saw 7.7% CPI. If all of a sudden we see 6.7 or you know a six handle or a five handle in the next two three months, that that could change. And I was going to say, does you know a eighty seven percent chance of a seventy five basis point, you know hike in December, then we talk about in what did you say Feb- February? February okay. fifty and then March twenty five. So my question is, if we see the seventy five in December, does that take into consideration? You know that that January may not be as aggressive because we saw. But what if we see a fifty in in December? Do you know what I'm saying? Well, the chances are now we're going to see fifty in December. That's okay. It's eighty one percent chance. Okay, of a fifty percent rate hike, fifty basis point. Okay. Now, if we see that fifty percent basis point hike, are we still are, are the statistics saying that we're still likely to see that same hike in February, or are they going to drop when we no, see? No, I hike mean there's seventy percent chance for fifty in February. We also have a lot of economic data that's going to come out between, even before the December meeting. We have the jobs report and we have CPI. Speaking of jobs, not a day is going by without me hearing thousands of layoffs. Hewlett Packard, the newest one. Tech is is absolutely letting people off. So if the Fed does do those interest rates as expected through March of 23, that puts the Fed funds rate at five to five and a quarter, which is a little bit higher than what they first anticipated, which is like mm-hmm. 4.6. However, St. Louis Fed president, Mr. Bullard, who always seems to. Despite his last say, name, be very bearish. I was going to say, what was, your, what was your nickname for him? I can't remember. Mr. Grouchy. Grouchy. Yeah. Was that it? Yeah. He, he said that he could see the Fed going to 7%. I don't know why he's saying that. Yeah. They should not allow him to say that. No. I also think that it really depends on what inflation, wherever inflation lands. They're gonna that terminal rate. They're gonna wait until that Fed funds rate matches or exceeds inflation. All right, let's go uh, move on to the happiest place on earth. Which <laughs> not, is not for so happy uh, one of the, the bobs. Not it, it, not so happy in the boardroom here with for Disney, but it, it depends on who you are. To be honest with you, it, it's good for shareholders. And so let's just talk about what happened. Uh, Disney ousted Bob Chapek, so Mr. Chapek will no longer be getting a paycheck. And he has been replaced by his longtime previous CEO, Bob Iger. And who handpicked Bob Chapek to be his succession plan. He did. Now, the the, the the underperformance of the company is what caused this. Between the underperformance of the company, the streaming, and the stock were were the reasons. Now, keep in mind, Mr. Chapek was trying to execute the plan that Mr. Iger put in place in 2017 before he retired. Uh, he went on a spending spree. Yes. However, obviously, he couldn't uh, do the job. And apparently, Disney had to hustle to make this move quickly because um, it, it appeared Mr. Iger is about to get involved in some big projects where he was going to be working somewhere else. You mean? Becoming probably a, a, a chairman of the board or something of somewhere. And so they moved quickly. And Iger's job is to turn around the company and find his successor in the next two years. Turn around quite the a company. quite a docket there to turn around the company. You know, I feel like the company doesn't necessarily need turning around. Some other things need turning around for the company to get back to where they need to be. But I mean, 
I don't know. I think streaming was a kiss of death. I don't know. Like, uh, but it was Iger who went out and bought Marvel, Lucasfilms, who just built up this ridiculous war chest, which wiped out a bunch of cash that they were sitting on, squeezed the margins, and Chapek. Yeah, but cash put the bill. is a non, but cash is a non-performing asset. You got to earn a return on that sort of thing. But with Disney specifically, one of the main concerns that investors and shareholders have expressed is that they have a lack of liquidity. Well, the stock got down to just below ninety-one bucks. Mm-hmm. And then it rallied to 98 uh, after the news. Certainly liked, uh, yeah. you know, certainly liked Iger. Yeah, so we've seen a, a significant rally from then. So, I mean, and look, I still am a believer in Disney, and we do own the stock. And uh, at this point, as poorly as it performed, I don't know if we have any of them, any shares of, of the stock in a, in a positive position. Uh, I don't believe we do. I still am not worried about it I, at I, all. Honestly, I could, I'm the same exact way. Yeah, I'm not that worried either. Uh-uh. Go drive on I-4 near yeah. I-Drive in the parks and come back and tell me you're worried that Disney is, you know, in trouble or in the parks w- are going ass. the wrong way. Right. The parks are kicking ass. The thing is that everything that, that wasn't kicking ass during the absolute peak of the pandemic is absolutely kicking ass right yeah. now. We're so back to pre-COVID numbers in the parks. Yeah. But yeah, we're, not we're still treating Disney as a streaming company, a streaming company alone. I think what's more important is those is, uh, price hikes. Yeah. Because... People are not going to go to Disney because the tickets are twenty dollars more a day. That's not going to even factor into the equation. It's not. Honestly, like I have to go to Disney at some point very, very soon, and price be damned, it doesn't matter. You got to go. No. Yeah. You're going to take your kids, there's, and you're going to go. No way around it. Doesn't matter what they charge. And it's going to be. They said they're raising the Magic Kingdom prices uh, between up to one twenty four to one eighty nine a day for Magic Kingdom. They're all about the same, except for Animal Kingdom is a little bit less. Animal Kingdom was like. 119 or 109 to 189 or something. Have you done Animal Kingdom? Mm-hmm. I have. You have? Yeah. Uh, I have not. I do like it, actually. Is it good? Yeah, because I can't. Cause I, we I would can like no longer to... ride, ro- ride roller coasters, so yeah. Animal Kingdom is my thing. Well, when when you're there with your wife and, and two small children, roller coasters are pretty much out of the question anyway. That's true. You know? Yeah. Like, you're, you're doing It's a small world. Yeah, we've Ugh. been thinking about uh, Bush Gardens. Ugh. That's torture. We've that been, is literally torture. Sorry, go ahead. You know, no, it's just funny to me. Like when you said it's a small world, my brain. Oh, oh yeah. My brain went back to a six-year-old Justin standing <laughs> in line, and you know what's changed? It's it's a small world since I was six. Your Nothing. age. Nothing. <laughs> me. <laughs> that, that's it. I think I think they were changing it though. Well, if they have changed it, it hasn't been noticeable at all. It's it's all the the same little animatronic whatever. They gave the dolls a facelift. Yeah, maybe they made them. They gave them some nose piercings or something. I don't so know. I maybe I'm a glutton for punishment, but I still think Disney is an opportunity. I love it. And I'm I, not going to change these my mind. Levels, Ninety-eight bucks. I think you you buy it and you tuck it away. It may take yes. two years. Well, it's at it's, least. <laughs> we this got, is not. Iger's got to figure it out. You know, not yeah. likely to be a rental. This is. You know, we should probably all consider. You know looking at this thing as something to potentially buy and hold on to if it suits your objectives. All right, we have a listener question, by the way. And again, we were off. We didn't do a podcast last week because um, uh, Nikki and I had to go to a due diligence meeting. And, you know, we're going to continue. We very rarely skip a podcast. Yeah, it's not common. So, I mean, we will make sure. And I know people do listen to it. And they count on it. And uh, my, we grandmother, sure. my grandmother texted me. Oh, fantastic. Um, she asked if you were going to be on this week. Complete lie. I fabricated that on the spot. Um, all right, so we had a question. Jason from Winter Park. This is a typical, he's got to be a millennial. No offense, Nikki. (laughs) Jason from Winter Park. Will the market ever get back to normal? I haven't been able to make money in over a year. A, I've been at two restaurants in the last two days. It's been horrible. If you need to make money, there's a place to go. Sure, there's jobs. B, this is normal. 
I was going to say, exactly. define normal Jason. Go back to normal. The normal that Jason is used to is not the normal that anybody else, you know, that's been in, in this business for a long time is used to whatsoever. It really felt like, you know, we were high on the hog last year and we knew it. Listen, corrections happen. But when you have, and let's talk about this one, because this to me was the, this Ultimate. was a sign that the market, how many, I, you know, because I didn't understand it. Mm-hmm. I made fun of NFTs, right? I was like, who the hell would do you? that? Yes. I thought, I don't even like shitcoin or or cryptocurrency i'm not a believer in it i don't know i don't i'm never gonna need it in my lifetime i promise you i'll never need it nobody needs an nft or cryptocurrency but my point is when jack dorsey from twitter sold the very first tweet his very first tweet sold it in an nft format which is digital art correct it's yeah for bragging rights okay for bragging rights. so anybody can copy it yeah they could still have it on their server they could go look at it on the internet it's like a piece of art uh-huh. Other people can look at it. I mean, yeah. other people can't have art in their homes, okay. but they could have. Well, Jack, Jack Dorsey sold it when the NFTs were big, which lasted, what, a couple Ten weeks? Minutes. Um, for $2.9 million. The person who bought that for $2.9 million just put it up for auction. Well, because, I mean, they can't keep such a wonderful piece of art locked away from you the rest of the world. That bad boy needs to be out in nature. You can't put that bad boy under a bushel. you gotta, well, you got to let her shine. This is a year later. Yep. It went up for auction, and the highest bid was. Well, wait. It opened. the The first offering was forty eight million. That was not an offer. That, that was what. That ask. was what he. Yeah. That's what that he was wanted. His ask. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes, forty eight million. Mm-hmm. He got an offer for two hundred and eighty dollars. <laughs> I still think they overpaid. Yeah. Did it? I don't think it changed hands. I think there was it bid up to two to two hundred eighty dollars, and then every, I don't think the, he sold the it. The bidding just dried up. Yeah. Good stuff. I love it. I, I do love it. I feel like a bunch of these idiots are walking around it naked, acting like they're wearing a brand new suit. It, it is yeah. literally Emperor's New Clothes to me. And you, mm, you obviously have so much money to burn on this piece of shit that he just bought. Seriously. <laughs> I mean, you got that kind of money to burn. Yeah. You deserve to get, get burned on that. I one. hate the fact that anybody profited $2 million. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. It, it would two point and what sucks is Jack Dorsey doesn't need the money. Yeah. He donated like, it to charity. I knew he I know he donated charity, but he, you know, you know what he forgot. Is, to do- was you know it like Tom forgot Brady's to donate- charity, or was it a real charity? You know what he forgot to donate to charity? What? Apparently, a cache of stay woke shirts were found at the headquarters of Twitter. <laughs> oh lord! <laughs> By Elon Musk? No, there was. You're joking, right? No. Oh, seriously? Yes. Oh my god! That's now, funny. I can't cite my source. I don't remember where I read it today, but I did read it today. Whether or not it's true, it may have been satire. I, you know, I, I should have started with that. I guess. But I believe it to be true. Before we get into... Wait, wait. But we didn't really talk to Jason and tell oh, him. Oh, okay. Jason. We got to walk him off the ledge a little bit. Yeah, we forgot about to walk him off this the ledge. Is, this is a normal market. It's just unfortunate that if you st- just got into the market, just became an investor, you caught it at the wrong time. And there is something called sequence of returns. And... Sequence of returns is a powerful Extremely element powerful. to investing. Particularly when you're closer to retirement. So I'm hopeful that Jason is a millennial, so that way he's got a long time horizon. So basically, in a nutshell, sequence of returns. Let's just say there's a four-year span of returns. There's 20% gain, 20% gain, 20% gain, and 20% loss. That's okay if you had 20 up, 20 up, 20 up, and 20 down. Yeah. But if it reversed a little bit and that sequence was... 20 down than 2020 it's not as fun right not at all because now you went from 100,000 down to 80 and then you're 
after one year, twenty, you're only up to ninety six. Right. You mm-hmm. got you got twenty back, but it didn't get you back to where you started. Right. So sequence of returns, and especially if you are, and your sequence may have been you started during the pandemic, so maybe you got the tail end of one year, and then mm-hmm. you you had your correction. So, so what I think, and I don't know, J- I don't know Jason, I don't know his experience, I don't know when he started, but it sounds to me like he probably a very common tale, at least I should say, is that a lot of people got started when a lot of the talk was out there that it just everything just keeps going up. So mm-hmm. sometime over the last six years, you know, he got started because it was hot, hot, hot. You know, well, yeah. I, I'm sorry, but it's not hot, hot, hot all the time. When clients are calling, hey, Happy. my son did really well on Dogecoin. I, I, I want to give him password to my account. <laughs> <laughs> well, what I would say, Jason, though, if this is keeping you up at night, it might be opportune moment for you to say hey i'd like to have a professional manage my money for me to come up with a financial plan so that way when i get nervous because things are a little bit shaky i have conviction in the plan because it was put together based off of non-emotional reasons and the history of what the stock market has done and most likely will continue to do which is go higher and and reach all-time highs and part of the plan is to plan for the unexpected right so the answer jason is that unfortunately this is normal but the good news is there are things out there that you can be investing in. And I'm not going to be specific. I need you to call in to discuss those things because we don't know what your your risk tolerance is. Yeah. So Or get out of the kitchen. One or, of the two. Or, yeah. Or go. Just don't know. blow yourself up. No. So I was looking at our uh, top 10 holdings and I'm actually really pleasantly surprised that two of the top three. Okay. I've been doing exceptionally well. Yeah. And number one is Apple. Number two is Occidental Petroleum, which we bought really cheap and it's doing well in the energy space. And number three, Home Depot, which was bought the day before Hurricane Ian. And which, um, which I think particularly, too, if we're going into a recession or a slowdown in 2023, I think people are still going to update their homes. Contractors are still going to need materials. I Home Depot, I think, is resilient. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it, you know, if if home buying is slowing down. Perhaps there are a lot of people improving what they already own now. I literally just bought paint at Home Depot right. this past weekend. So, um, you know, we have uh, some some interesting holdings. But, again, we're looking for things that can maybe add some little protection. But, you know, we've been doing some covered call writing on, on existing positions, which is a way to create some income from for securities in your portfolio that may be just stagnant or it's not we- doing much, but it just can create some some income, something from your assets. Yeah, some cash flow. And if it's something that intrigues you or you want to learn about it or you want to understand it, reach out to us. Call us here at the office. The number is 407-831-8002. There are a lot of alternative you know, things that we can do right now and that we are doing, so you might as well be on board. And for the first time in a quite a long time, we mentioned this earlier about interest rates being up, which is, has been really interesting for fixed income. So luckily... Uh, our clients, a lot of them are pre-retired or retired age, and they are looking for low vol, low mm-hmm. volatility, or fixed income. And there are now some tremendous opportunities to own investment grade, which is the better credit quality, investment grade corporate bonds that yield 5.5%, and they pay you monthly income. It's beautiful. You know what? I, just, I was just thinking about this. Uh, Bill Gross. That guy's been Bond King. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's been out for a while. Yeah. I mean, he he's kind of been just laying low. Are we going to start to see him pop up again? I mean, is is Bill Gross coming back? Uh, I think he's done. I think he's out. He's probably just. I think he retired. Sitting on his island somewhere. Yeah. Exactly. He did okay. Yeah. 
Um, but there's other opportunities. Though. There's some things out there where, you know, there hasn't been a great market for fixed indexed annuities. But I tell you what, they are now because when you can get, and this is one of those things that are protected, meaning there is no downside on these. The market can't, you can't get your legs chopped out from beneath you. It's zero is your downside, meaning if the market goes down, whatever, you get zero. But you have upside, some to 10, 11, and we're seeing them over 11%, depending on how much money you put into these things. We're also seeing opportunities where the worst case scenario, if you hold this investment for five years, the worst case scenario is you walk away having done 15% over that five years. Total return. Yeah. Total return over the five years. So there's some really, really good investment opportunities out there that if you're looking to be conservative and or aggressive, but yet or moderate. There's a lot of non-performing annuities out there that from were t- issued five, ten years ago, and the industry has really evolved. So please give us a call if that is something that you have. Give yeah. us a call where? 407-831-8002. I love it. Well, like we said, it is... Uh, or shoot us an email. Yeah. Yes, you can do uh, feedback. feedback at stockdr.com. It's been great coming back. It has the show for you. So, yeah, I, I kind of missed last week. Yeah, I missed it. Uh, but it's good to be back. And listen, we can help you. Please do so. Share this with uh, your friends and colleagues, family members, because I'm confident it can help them as well. But we will be back next week. We appreciate you guys joining the Stock Doctor's Prescription. Tomorrow's Thanksgiving. We wish you and your family the best and have a very safe and happy holiday. We'll check with you next week.